Welcome to Abstract Audio, the podcast presenting life as an abstract art form. The show that encourages you to proceed beyond the tangible, to extract the infinite from the finite, to see with the mind what you cannot physically see with the eyes. Oh, this? It's an emancipation. It's an exploration into areas usually overlooked. Explore with me on today's episode. What's good, you guys? Welcome back to Abstract Audio. This bubbly, uplifting voice you hear leaking through your speakers right now belongs to me, Amber Janae. And by this point, you all should know the drill. I'm the host of this fine pod, and every two weeks, I make it my mission to hit you guys with concepts that shape our world, but oftentimes go overlooked. Our last few episodes being a great example. If you've been living under a rock, here on the show, we've been busy tackling ideas like luck, karma, balance, And this week, we're keeping the ball rolling with a little thing called reciprocity. If you're familiar with the term, you know how it plays off of balance and the as above, so below philosophy we were tossing around last episode. Now, I'll state the obvious here. Many of you may only recognize the term from Lauryn Hill's smash hit X Factor via miseducation. But as we were explaining previously, the idea is more than just a soulful song lyric. It's something that essentially maintains our entire existence. Which makes sense, I suppose, given the effect that balance has not only on our world, but literally our entire universe. If you're curious about any of that, go check out our last episode. But for now, it's story time. So one day, as I was listening to Miss Hill beautifully crone on about her tumultuous relationship, you know, I hear she's going on a 20th anniversary tour, by the way. And oh, trust, I'm gonna get my tickets. I just hope she show up on time. (laughs) That's fair, right? But point is, it got me wondering about what's truly considered a fair and even amount of reciprocation in today's changing social climate, and if it's even truly something we should aspire towards. So reciprocation typically refers to the social norm in which one responds to a positive action with another positive action. Think support for love or food or services for money, etc. Now, when you think of it this way, that kind of natural give and take we've grown so accustomed to in our modern lives starts to sound a little less natural, right? It kind of starts to sound like manufactured almost, more so an expectation or a common courtesy than a genuine response. That's what makes it a social norm. Of course, we know in actual nature, trade-offs happen all the time. Organisms constantly interact with each other and their environment to survive and thrive. That's just facts. Take, for instance, the process of pollination. Bees, butterflies, and other insects visit flowers to collect nectar and pollen. And in that process, you know, of transferring the pollen, they're facilitating the reproduction of many other plant species. Or even photosynthesis, where plants engage in a give and take with sunlight, carbon dioxide, and water to produce glucose and oxygen. 
And sure, the fact these things work together so seamlessly can seem like a great example of how reciprocity can work to our collective advantage. But when have you ever known humans to take a great idea and not overcomplicate or monetize it, right? Enter commerce. The first official bartering system on record began as early as 6000 BC, dating all the way back to ancient Mesopotamian tribes. These tribes were known to steadily trade goods back and forth in order to facilitate their needs as they arose. Say, a farmer with eggs trades them to a local baker for a loaf of bread and so on and so forth. Simple enough, right? But eventually, things changed, as they're known to do. And well, as society grew in size, so did its needs. Soon enough, the early civilizations had agreed upon common goods, such as animal skins or salt, to serve as the currency that individuals could exchange for goods and services instead. Now, I'm no enemy of progress here, but in my opinion, this is where shit starts going left. The need for humans to equate the worth or value of their needs to physical belongings or property feeds into the idea that things solve problems. Thus, the more things you have, the less problems you'll have. You know the old, does money buy happiness debate. It may not buy happiness, but it certainly buys power, freedom, and the ability to push one's own agenda. I'll leave that thought there, though, because we already delved into the topic of power and control a few episodes back. But this is the very mindset that fuels the selfish, capitalistic nature of this country. America is full of people who have no problem making a quick trade, whether it be a fair one or not. Slavery being an extreme example, and let's cite Wall Street as a more tame one. I mean, it's called the stock exchange for a reason, right? At its most tangible level, Life is transactional in the economic sense. I mean, we earn money through our work and we exchange it for goods and services that sustain our lifestyles. This modern economic transactionality drives innovation and progress, yeah. I mean, it provides the incentives needed to create, produce, and distribute resources efficiently. Yet, on the flip side, it also fosters inequality, consumerism, and exploitation leaving us to ponder the ethical implications of this foundational exchange altogether. After all, they do say money is the root of all evil. And if that's the case, then isn't America hell? And while humans may have initially taken the page from nature in regards to even exchanges, there's certainly nothing natural about what it's turned into. In fact, I feel it's because of the state of affairs today that many people choose to believe everything and I do mean everything in life, is transactional to some extent, especially interactions with our fellow man and woman. Some feel that each of us essentially uses other people in one way or another for our own benefit or gain, similar to how we make use of money. When you really think about it, our relationships are brimming with transactions. I mean, a society is literally built by people depending on other people, right? Using each other. But what I've realized in my time on this earth is that to use someone is to create a disproportionate society. The used person takes on work and hardship while the user gets most of the benefits. And if that doesn't sound like America, I don't know what does. I know it doesn't sound pretty or ideal, but we absolutely use other people to get what we want, whether that be love or attention, acceptance or a new job, etc. These friendship love, and family bonds often involve the exchange of time, care, and emotional support. The reciprocity of these transactions can and are meant to foster trust and intimacy, but it can also breed resentment, say when one party has certain expectations and feels shortchanged. 
Now, of course, this is just one perspective. And yeah, it might be slightly pessimistic, but there happens to be quite a lot of literature on the topic of this particular mindset. There's even this quote by Kanye West that goes, A lot of times people give with an agenda of getting a specific thing back from that specific person. You can't control anyone. You can't say, hey, I gave you these things. You owe me this back. You have to give and know that your blessings will be tenfold, period. And your blessings might not come directly from the person that you gave to. That's like this form of control that we use as human beings to try to control each other in some way. And, you know, our focus needs to be less about what our legacy is going to be or how we're going to control each other, but or how can we can give to each other. Don't you just love Kanye? I mean, I swear, man, he's my Gemini brother. I mean, he questions everything. And not only do I like that, but I respect that. And here, what he's saying makes perfect sense to me. We live in a world so obsessed with gaining power and control that we've become a society of people who will do nearly anything to nearly anyone to achieve it. We've taken something as beautiful and natural as mutual give and take and corrupted it. We've allowed greed and selfishness to seep into every aspect of our lives, which is why we can no longer expect reciprocity as a natural given anymore. Our society is out of balance for precisely this reason. We care more about our individual progress than our collective progress. Excessive transactionality is literally known to dehumanize interactions. It makes sense, you know, because when people are viewed merely as a means to an end, empathy and compassion often take a backseat. That kind of dehumanization can lead to things like exploitation, discrimination, and a loss of our shared humanity, as we've seen in the past. A great example of this, to me, is, of course, slavery but also paying for sex, you know, prostitution. Sure, it's one of the oldest transactions in history, but that mentality has women nowadays seeing men as merely a paycheck and men seeing women as a pair of tits and an ass. There's this book called The Gift by Lewis Hyde that looks further into this phenomenon. In his work, he compares the beauty of art to a gift that the artist gives the world, often expecting nothing in return and often hardly being paid anything for it at that, especially in this economy. But he basically suggests that we should all aspire to that level of generosity, because nowadays, even when giving a gift, an act that's typically regarded as selfless, there's an expected response we all tend to have on both a mental and biological level. We think we're giving selflessly, but in reality, we subconsciously expect something in return even if it's just a brief dopamine hit from the hug you're given if that person loves what you've gifted them. Don't believe me? Just glance down at your phone. This kind of interaction can easily be seen online every day. As technology increasingly mediates these interactions, as a society, we're then challenged to strike a balance between meaningful connections and the transactional superficiality of things like social media likes and swipes. In both instances, we put ourselves out there not just for the sake of doing so, but expecting something in return, craving something in return even. My question for you guys is, what do you crave? The weird thing about gifts or transactions in general is that regardless of the intention or purpose behind it, they create bonds and obligations. 
but not everyone always wants these or even understands them. And to play devil's advocate, not everyone goes into transactions, whether they be physical, emotional, or otherwise, with an agenda, though in my opinion, most do. I mean, come on, there's no such thing as a free lunch, am I right? I'm always wary of receiving anything from anyone. Yes, even affection until I've done my research. But I think the point is to be mindful of what you're willing to give up, what you're not, and then managing your expectations accordingly. Like I read somewhere, if someone opens the door for you, do you owe that person a thank you? Or should you spend Christmas with your family if you're trying to solidify an identity on your own? Or, ooh, a good one here. If your sibling asks you to donate a kidney, do you immediately say you'll give it up? Or do you charge him a couple thousand dollars? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't want anything reciprocated or done for me just because it's politically correct or polite to do so or because they feel obligated. I consider myself a genuine person. So I want whatever reaction I get out of whoever I'm dealing with to be genuine as well. And I think the person on the opposite end of that transaction should be understanding within reason. Don't you? Look, guys, we're all just living through shared experience here. We're all buyers and sellers in our own right. We're all givers and takers in some regard. Just remember to be fair in everything you do. Because it's one thing to use people. It's another to misuse or prey on people. Striking a balance between that self-interest and altruism is the key. And recognizing when to act in your individual best interest and when to contribute to the greater good can make all the difference. And I think it's fair to say that it's also in your best interest to head on over to theabstractaudioshow.com for this week's links and show notes. And while you're at it, I'll trade you for a follow on our new Instagram page at The Abstract Audio Show. Until we meet again, guys, always appreciate the abstract in your life. <laughs>